0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we're beginning a really important chapter. I mean, so many chapters are important, but this one is a famous chapter and and it is an important chapter. It's uh, You know, we heard how all these great and powerful demigods, Lord, Brahma, Lord they couldn't pacify Lord Nishingadev. He was so... Um, in his uh, uh, transcendentally angry mood. And so who's how is he going to be pacified? And, of course, this is all the Lord's pastime. And we find out um, in this chapter that it, it is his disciple, uh, his devotee, Prahlad, who is actually the person who can do that. So it's a very beautiful kind of setting. So the first verse reads, um, The great saint Narada Muni continued, the demigods, headed by Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and other demigods, dared not come forward before the Lord, who at that time was extremely angry. So, so we see that uh, they were all like, "Whoa, I'm not going to, you know, do that." It's kind of there's, it's there's some similarities. Devotees would say how uh, when Prabhupada went on a morning walk. Uh, everyone wanted to be with him on the morning walk. And, you know, you had to be lucky to be chosen to go on the morning walk. But every now and then, when he was really in his mood of teaching his disciples and chastising them and correcting them, everyone would want to be at the back of the line if they were walking single file. And one by one, he would call them up (laughs) and then (laughs) chastise them uh, uh, like that, which is what teachers do sometimes. So... We can, so we we have a modern-day example of what we're reading from a long, long time ago. The goddess of fortune, Lakshmiji, who requested was requested to go before the Lord by all the demigods present, who because of fear could not do so. But even she had... The demigods could not do so. But even she had never seen such a wonderful and extraordinary form of the Lord, and thus she could not approach him. So she she also, the the Lord's consort, could not do it. Thereafter Lord Brahma requested Pralad Maharaj, who was standing very near him. My dear son, Lord Nursing is extremely angry at your demoniac father. Please go forward and appease the Lord. Narnamuni continued, O king, although the exalted devotee Prahlad Maharaj, was only a little boy, he accepted Lord Brahma's words. He gradually proceeded towards Lord Narsinghadev, and fell down to offer his respectful obeisances with folded hands. When Lord Narsinghadev saw the small boy Prahlad Maharaj prostrated at the soles of his lotus feet, he became most ecstatic in affection towards his devotee. Raising Prahlad, the Lord placed his lotus hand upon the boy's head because his Hand is always ready to create fearlessness in all of his devotees. Okay, let's um, so in the purport Shiva Prabhupada writes The necessities of the material world are four. Ahara, Nidra, Bhayam, Maituna. Eating, sleeping, defending, and mating. In this material world, everyone is in f- fearful consciousness. Sada samu vignya dhyam. And the only means to make everyone fearless is Krishna consciousness. When Lord Nisinghadev appeared, all the devotees became fearless. The devotees' hope of becoming fearless is to chant the holy name of Lord Nisinghadev, Yato 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 tato nisimha. Wherever we go, we must always think of Lord Dev. Thus, there will be no fear for the devotee of the Lord. Hmm. So, um, in the early days of Iskan, Srila Prabhupada got very ill. And he, uh, so he, this is one devotee speaking. He taught us to, the prayers of Lord Nishinghadev. So very early in Iskan, He said the words one by one, and I wrote them down. I called up the temples in San Francisco and Montreal and told them the prayer. Swamiji said, you should pray to Krishna that my spiritual master has not yet completed his work. Please let him finish. Um, and then, uh, a little bit later, this, the devotees were, um, trying to help Prabhupada get better. So they, they rented a, uh, a, uh, a house, uh, I believe in a very pretty area of Northern California, if I recall. So, uh, Prabhupada told Kirtananda that he wanted to play the, still very early in this comp. Okay. Prabhupada told Kirtananda that he wanted to play the piano. <clears throat> but when Kirtananda and Upendra moved the piano away from the wall, they heard the thud of a falling object. What is that? Prabhupada asked. Kirtananda reached behind the piano and produced a framed canvas wrapped in a madras. He uncovered it and revealed the painting of Lord Nishingadev. Why is this being hidden behind the piano, Prabhupada asked? Janaki happened to be visiting at the time, and she confessed. While she had been arranging the house for Prabhupada's arrival, someone had sent the painting out to the house. She had found it and hidden it. It was ghastly, she explained. Lord Nishengide was tearing open Hiranyakashipu's abdomen, and there was blood everywhere. Prabhupada patiently explained that although materialistic people feel sorry for Hiranyakashipu, Devotees become ecstatic when they see Nishingadeva tearing him apart. Hiranyakashipu, we said, had terrorized the whole universe and had usurped the throne of Indra, the king of heaven. Hiranyakashipu had even tortured his own five-year-old son, Prahlad, a pure devotee of Lord Krishna. So there was nothing wrong in Lord Nishingadeva's pastime. In fact, Hiranyakashipu, having been killed by the Lord, had been liberated. And one more. Um, uh, 1960. These are all early 1968. You have described in your letter that uh, my presence again before you will be wonderful. I quite agree that it'll be wonderful to be with you. Your sincere prayer to Lord Neshingadev is helping me to recuperate my health and you will be glad to know that I am arriving in San Francisco on the 14th of December. I can understand you are all thinking of me twenty four hours and therefore Satsarup had a dream that I had gone to Boston and was enjoying your company. So he said the prayers of Lord Nishingadev uh saved him. Helped him well he said helped him recuperate his health. So any any comments, thoughts, questions about Lord Nishingade well, you know, uh this point about uh about praying to Lord Nishingade for fearlessness, etc.
1: I think uh, one thing that kind of surprised me about this is um, almost—it's uh, almost like it's instructed to, or I don't know, promoted to sort of take a uh, sanguinary joy in <laughs> granted this, albeit evil guy being sort of mutilated by. uh have uh, seen my days. I had you.
0: Yeah, you
2: got it. Heard.
1: It's it's a little bit you know, counterintuitive. Uh know.
0: <laughs> well, there's um I think we mentioned this last week, there's the backstory that uh we'll find well we found out in the fourth canto. Um where to try, try to try make a long story short, um the four Camaras, these um who are eternally young young boys uh, wanted to go see the Lord in Vaikuntha. And the gatekeepers, Jai and Vijai, not realizing they were great, great devotees, blocked them. And then they were cursed. And um, the two gatekeepers, Jai and Vijai. And the curse was an interesting curse. He said, we have a, we'll give you a choice. You can come to the material world for seven births as a devotee or three births as a demon. And they chose the three births as a demon because it would be quicker. So one of the births was as Hir- uh, Hiranyakashipu. So he's actually the Lord's devotee um, uh, playing the role of a, of a demon. We, 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 um, I think we read that last week when it said that yeah. uh, uh, uh sat on the throne of Hiranyakashipu. Yeah. So, but uh, counterintuitive is, is one way to say it. Another way is that, um, um, Uh, how does it Krishna consciousness or Krishna or the Vedas, however you want to say, um, have a, a complete and not necessarily sentimental view of Mm -hmm. of things.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, no one, I don't, (laughs) I don't think too many people cried when Hitler was killed Mm -hmm. as an example. Or Stalin, I don't think Stalin was killed; he, he died. Uh, but Hitler, uh, well, Hitler killed himself, right? Apparently, but you know, and it would it would appear from the uh, explanations that the atrocities—I'm not talking but you know, we we, under, we we just explained the backstory, but the atrocities that Hiranyakashipu did were much worse than a Hitler did. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can put it into context like that.
1: And, but nonetheless, don't you think that there's a potential, I mean, this is extrapolating probably way too much out of what's just one part of such a huge epic, but, uh, you know, could one not then extrapolate that uh, some, I'm trying to think of a good example, just someone that we consider a villain in the world, if he meets some Ill-fated demise—that's you know, extremely painful or something. I don't—I can't imagine that the uh, what's the word prescribed reaction to that would be to kind of like go out in the streets and <laughs> celebrate, you know, like dragging them through the streets or something like that, you know?
0: Right, right. Um, yes, and, and not only that, but people, religious people in history. Have, um, used the idea of, you know, God is on my side to commit all kinds of atrocities in the name of religion.
1: Mm -hmm. Right? So,
0: so certainly one has to be, uh, one has to be careful. But I, I, I always appreciated this past time because I think, you know, if someone is truly fearful about someone who's just creating havoc, it is a natural tendency to feel some, gladness at their demise and it's not and this is showing us that it's not um unnatural and and uh and unwarranted Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't and the other point is it doesn't necessarily contravene um ideas of compassion ideas of equal vision um they they can they can go side by side it's just like um well I was involved for some time in, um, in our society and, uh, in child protection and dealing with child abuse that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the first thing whenever we got a report was, um, is that particular child safe and could this person do harm to any other child? That was the first concern before, whether he did it, whether he didn't do it, you know, the extenuating, whatever it is, right? first the first thing is safety right is, is, is our you know is, is our children safe right and and everything else was secondary after that but i mean we dealt with the other stuff you know and be fairness and all that but is anyone in danger and is there any potential danger and if there was potential danger this person is banned from any temple property anywhere in the world right uh, you know even before being proven guilty just because if there was potential danger to a child, that's, you know, that was the first, first and foremost consideration. So, you know, Hirani Kashipu was just, uh, doing all kinds of atrocities. So Mm -hmm. like that, but I see your, but your point is well taken that, um, that when we apply, you know, these things to modern day, we, uh, We have to use some modern day sensibilities, you know, if, uh, if, um, you know, I can't think of a person right now, but, you know, some terrible person in the world dies and they interview a devotee on, the on the, uh, six o'clock news and the devotee. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was fantastic. You know, I saw the blood flowing everywhere. It was just beautiful. I'm so glad that that rascal just got annihilated, (laughs) you know? (laughs) <laughs> we probably wouldn't want to exactly do that. <laughs> Does that make, that make sense, uh, Dean? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Andy, you're smiling. Do you have some thoughts on this? You're on mute also.
3: Yeah. When I first saw the images of Nishrimadeva, I wasn't overly attracted by it. But actually reading this pastime, the first that didn't have the purport, gave me great joy. And I got really the richness of the story right because of one word. It just kills me. It just kills me. Uh, all these people, nobody wants to go up to to Dave, right? Why? Because yeah. he's a lion. He's fearsome. I mean, you can't really instinctively trust a lion. It's got those teeth. It could turn on you. You know. You know. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, you know it's the Lord. You you just saw it rip out some guts and put everything put around his head and. So everybody's like scared i mean let's be honest right and and the and the amazing thing about it is that they make the pastime so real because instead of making it like a fairy tale the little boy strode confidently up right what does it say no it says in in the sanskrit he gradually moved closer he didn't hurry (laughs) He didn't go up confidently. He like, okay, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer, right? That just makes it so real. So it was fearsome, but then, then you have, if you take that part, right, which I think is very enjoyable to read, right? It makes it easier to take the whole story and see that it works together, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Muki, is there any, uh, any realizations from a Chinese point of view?
4: I didn't remember such a fearsome image of the Supreme in Chinese literature.
0: <laughs> you don't remember such a? Is that what you said? Yeah. You, uh-huh. Interesting. Well, it is interesting. Yeah, you mean, know,
4: it's unique in a it's unique in a Vaishnava philosophy to have such an um, portrait of the Supreme. Mm.
0: Well it's interesting you say that cuz you know in the uh, probably many of you will remember i know oh i see jeeva your hand is up go ahead jeeva tapra prabhu or nanda rupamanish
2: hari krishna prabhu wonderful points uh, one of the thing is from material perspective if somebody was to see hanakaishipu's life and someone like materialistic you know seeking sense gratification they would look at his reign from a completely different perspective hanakaishipu himself was carrying out all the duties of Vivaswan, the sun god, was taking care of activities of all. Indra, they making sure rains are happening at proper places at proper time. All the demigods were paying obeisances to him, working as a servants, you know, under his administration. And from materially, everyone who was seeking sense gratification and accepting him as their lord was enjoying the senses, of course, but not happy. But and they had all facilities. So sometimes when in the Puranas and Vedas we hear that a king makes sure that all facilities are available, Shrimad Bhagavatam has described that during his reign, everything was properly taken care of. There was flowers throughout the year, not even like the seasonal flowers were throughout the year, fruits, grains, everything was available throughout the year. So from that perspective, from a materialistic perspective, it looks like he was great, but from spiritual perspective, he was crouching over others' properties, right as uh, Nando residents are praying that they he was uh, taking away their Nagapatnis, their wives and daughters and other you know heavenly planets they are taking away their powers and potencies and misusing it for his sense gratification. Then we see people who are in a powerful position losing their power and he is taking away the power. But people who have accepted him as their lord are getting the facilities. Again Shanda Umarka, Shukrachari, they're prospering and even the brahmanas looking for material gains. And then we see Prahlad completely submissive even to his father and approaching Nasimadev with that, you know, surrender. He was never even considering his father as his enemy and the mood of a devotee. Okay, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So King, Yeah, so we see the behavior of Prehalal Maharaj that he just follows the authorities and just carries out in a very, uh, you know, submissive manner. He's Mm -hmm. simple, yet at the same time exalted.
0: Mm. I remember some of you may remember, thank you for that. Some of you may remember uh, in the temple room in uh, DC, we used to have the Das avatar, the 10 uh, avatars and Three of them were quite kind of violent. You had Nishingadeva, you had uh, Parasharam, and, uh, and Kalki, right? Uh, and now we have pastimes of Krishna on one side and pastimes of Lord Chaitanya on the other. <laughs> Probably a little easier for a person first coming to a temple to relate to, <laughs> right? Because uh, there are, <laughs> but it is interesting that three of them are quite, you know, um martial. In that sense. Anything else? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, one last thing. Um, so the, the the fact that um, uh, sorry, the, the names are tough for me to no problem uh, pronounce, but that the the villain uh, Hiranyakashipu, Hir Kashipu, um was actually a devotee. Um, do you think that there there's some um, attempt to convey that no matter how despicable someone might seem in our world uh ultimately they 're serving some greater difficult to comprehend role within the greater uh you know material world that we live in now i 'm not saying that they are secretly you know devotees or something of that nature but uh, you know, it seems like one of the things that is most important is eventually to see in everyone else yourself, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So, for instance, like, even, let's say, we know someone, whether we realize or not, he's, like, real close. He's, like, two lives away from being fully, uh, you know...
0: Christian conscious.
1: Yes. Yeah. In all likelihood, to get to that point, he probably probably had many many lives in the past that were probably pretty bad right i mean
0: well yeah okay well that this is a really interesting. Mean, if just, if, if,
1: yeah. if we advance from animals for instance and then to live all these lives as animals and then progress obviously we don't go jump to right to the doorstep of being fully krishna conscious we probably go you know, through all sorts of steps and probably some of these steps is learning through hellish experience that being that way in and of itself is, you know, uh, you may have all acquired all this wealth through dastardly deeds or deviousness or this and that. The reality is that person's probably extremely tormented inside and maybe it takes some passage through lives of that before you realize and you move on you know what i mean
0: yes well okay so yeah so we were talking about the back story of Hiranyakashipu. kashipu so we all have backstories everyone right that's kind of what you're saying Mm -hmm. um and we don't know what they are exactly the Krishna tells arjuna that in the gita many many births uh both you and i have passed i can remember all of them but you cannot oh arjuna Um, and there's good reasons for that, by the way, which we won't go into right now, but, um, yes, we have, we all have our sojourns in this material world. Um, Um, and if someone is performing atrocities, um, if someone is performing some kind of, you know, atrocities, terrible things, or just being a bad person, um, we uh, we we consider it bad. <laughs> we don't consider it like it's his pastimes. You know, well, it's of legal. course, no.
1: I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not suggesting it should be made light of. I mean, it, right. quite the opposite. Uh, you know, it, well, you got to yeah. knock these people out of it. They have to feel the pain uh, of of their ways in order to you know make them progress. But you know, Kali Yuga is Kali Yuga. It's not like this is an accident. This is totally of krishna's will right that we live in this tormented yeah. epic he's managing it uh, yeah. you know he, 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 he sets up the be, system yeah and, and part we, of that has to be kind of putting these these pieces in place some of which yeah. you know what i mean
0: and if somebody is doing something to somebody else you know it's yeah the, the laws of karma are very intricate and now for a devotee there's you know, we, we've quoted that several times you know, where Srila Prabhupada said, do not be upset at the agent of your karma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that, that's for someone who's, you know, attempting to become a Krishna conscious devotee. Uh, and yes, if somebody does ter- bad things to other people, um, yeah, there's all kinds of karma involved in that. They're his, his or her, um, uh, envy of Krishna and, and, and taking on demoniac and, um, consciousness there is um and here's an interesting thing it may be somebody else's karma to suffer at the hands of somebody else mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean society is supposed to not stop them
1: sure of course that's why course. you you work, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Armed,
0: you work for the armed forces you know that better than mm-hmm. most people
1: <laughs> yeah right. no and, and you know but and I'm, I'm hijacking things so i'll just finish here but you know i don't want to things like when when arjuna sees krishna's complete form his universal form isn't there an element of of yes awe and sort of wow this is unbelievable but there's an element i I gather from reading it of like sort of terror like there's a there's a fear element there too he's sort of like totally overwhelmed
0: right 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 yes totally yeah um so is there a question there or just you're just making that comment
1: well the the point that all of these these negative or, or terrible things that we may see in the world it's it's a part of the the greater scheme i think if you realize if you're able to realize that uh maybe it gives you some peace now of course if it happens to our family directly and stuff like that uh it's tough. And and again, I'm not saying that that means you passively sit back and allow exactly. it to happen. Exactly. That's the point. That's no, 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 not at all. But you should have, even if you're trying to stop it, the point is you should probably be a bit detached because you really don't know what the greater
0: is. That is exactly is. the point. That's exactly the point. And Krishna says that throughout the Bhagavad Gita, that you, know, you do your duty to stop things, to improve things. And ultimately, you do your best, actually. You give your 110%. But ultimately, the results will be a combination of well, Krishna and people's karma and your karma and, 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 you know, the bigger picture stuff. But, but we focus on our duty. So let's carry on because actually one of the next verses talks about that. Um, so we're going up to verse seven. By the touch of Lord Nishingadev's hand, Pallad Maharaj's head, uh, on Pallad Maharaj's head, Pallad was, completely freed from all material contaminations and desires, as if he had been thoroughly cleansed. Therefore, he at once became transcendentally situated, and all the symptoms of ecstasy became manifest in his body. Of course, he was a great devotee before this. His heart filled with love, and his eyes with tears, and thus he was able to completely capture the lotus feet of the Lord within the core of his heart. Text 7. Baladmaraj fixed his mind and sight upon Lord Nishingadev. With full attention in complete trance. With a fixed mind, he began to offer prayers in love with a faltering voice. The word Shushamahita means very attentive or fully fixed. The ability to fix the mind in this way is a result uh, is a result of Yoga Siddhi's mystic perfection. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita uh, 12 13 1 one attains yogic perfection when he is freed from all material diversions and his mind is fixed on panalotas the lord. This is called samadhi or trance. Pallad Maharaj attained that stage beyond the senses. Because he was engaged in his service, he felt transcendently situated and naturally his mind and attention became saturated in transcendence. In that condition, he began to offer his prayers as follows. So this, um, tying it to what we were just talking about, this fixed of mind. So for the, for the aspiring devotee, it's, you know, trying to be fixed when we're chanting Krishna's name, fixed when we're hearing about Krishna and fixed in our duty throughout the day, whether it's whatever we are, you know, a, a candlestick maker or a baker or an IT professional or whatever, um, or a physic, Physics PhD or whatever it is, um, and being very dutiful in in our duty and doing it to the best of our abilities while remembering Krishna. This is not an easy thing, you know. And and we've we've talked so many times about this. So we won't go into detail, but the world as it is today makes it so much more difficult. I mean, I remember in the seventies, it was hard for me to focus while chanting, and what to speak of with the internet and computers and cell phones and. 5g and etc etc there weren't none of that existed in the 70s you know we we just had newspapers and very expensive long-distance phone calls and still i was distracted so what to speak of now so in order to perform our practices our sadhana we need krishna's help (laughs) we need krishna's help we do our best we try to schedule our time in such a way that we can get up early and and use the best time of the day for chanting and things like that. But we really need help, um, to, um, cause Pallad here, he, of course, he got help. He, 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 the touch of the Lord's hand on his head. And that helped him to be fully attentive, fully fixed. So we may not attain the, the, we may not go through the yoga system to get this fixed of know although we may do some pranayama and even some yoga postures, which can be helpful. But especially by prayer and determination, we want to become very attentive or fully fixed, as it says here. Some thoughts on that? Questions, comments? How do you do it, Nandi Muki? My wife says that you sit down and just are fully absorbed in the holy name and don't get up the whole time. You just sit with a straight back. How is it that you are able to do that?
4: Uh, it's not oftenly happen, but when you want to do that, you need to do that as a as a practice.
0: And what um, do you mean by as a practice?
4: Like it's like something you you mean to do. You take effort to do.
5: Uh-huh. Okay. It's like
4: um, for, because. Whatever practice you take seriously, it's not, it's not easy. What to speak about realizing Krishna and our eternal relationship with Krishna. It is such an advanced subject matter to study. Mm. And it's necessary to take an effort um, to excel the practice that is my contemplation uh, while doing those things.
0: Very nice. In Sanskrit, it's usually called the sankalpa, that one takes some kind of uh, vow or determination, okay, uh, I'm going to sit down and chant such and such number of rounds and not get up, not do anything, not think about anything else. And of course, the mind will sometimes wander and you bring it back and the mind will say, actually, you know what, it's better to walk around right now or to, you know, I think I have that appointment at 8 o'clock. I better check my calendar to make sure uh, and not allow... our minds to deviate us from that uh, at least determined effort so thank you for that Nani Muki. that makes uh, a lot of sense other thoughts or realizations that you've had on trying to be determined trying to be fixed
3: Uh, yeah I saw one online Um, I watch uh, the sad videos Mm -hmm. he was saying that he doesn't believe you could ever stop your mind and why would you want to he says you need to get separation, just some separation from your mind, just a little bit of separation so you know that the mind is not you, that it's something else. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get that separation, it gives you a different perspective where you can say, okay, mind, I know you're chattering, but I'm going ahead with what I'm doing.
0: Yes. Yes, that, that is a, um, an important process of, of self-realization to um, be an observer of the mind instead of being one with the mind, right? Because we are the soul; we're not the mind. So we can be, we can observe the mind, and you you can do that if you if you get a little uh, ex, um, practice at it. You can see the mind um, uh, hankering after this, or being attracted to that, or wanting to do this or that. And the part of self-realization is to realize, you know what. I don't have to follow the dictates of my mind. <laughs> now, now a more advanced platform than that is then to uh, take that same mind and have it think about Krishna. Um, that verse that we've quoted so many times, Tasmats oh no, the wrong verse. Uh, to always remember Krishna and never forget him is the essence of the practice of sadhana bhakti. So, yeah, so, so first, so it can be, um, a two-step process of, of what, what, what you were saying, Andy, of, of, uh, separating ourself from our mind, uh, or the one-step process of just taking the mind, which, which, uh, and, uh, so, yeah, what, what Sadhguru was saying is kind of like the, uh, negation of the, of the bad, in one sense. It's kind of like that, you know, we've talked about Hegel and, uh, thesis, uh, antithesis synthesis. And so the thesis is, I am my mind. I'll just do what my mind tells me to do. The antithesis is I'm not my mind and I'm going to observe the mind. And the synthesis is, uh, I'm not my material mind, but I should engage the mind spiritually. And that's Krishna's instruction in the Gita.
1: I have a quick question. So I've, I've come across some Sadhguru (laughs) videos and watched them. You know, I, I find them, um, good. Uh, but he's also very interesting he, he's quite dapper you know he's not like what i've i've uh, you know he's not like the 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 ISKON type <laughs> type of guru uh and he's obviously extremely um adept at using social media and and all this stuff but um do you find him to be a pretty good source of um
0: well i don't uh, i don't think he Talks much about the uh, bhakti.
1: Yeah, he's not a Hari Krishna, from what I've gathered, right?
3: Well, he's... well
0: no, he's not a Hari Krishna, but he's—I don't think he's a follower of bhakti. Is that a fair statement, Andy?
3: He's definitely not. He's a—he's a yogi. He's a, but more like a real inner realization, Donnie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so from my perspective, it, it wouldn't—you know—and and, the—you know—we the, were talking. We just be put on the we put on the recording about. uh about our vows, because I've taken vows to follow the path of bhakti. It's not someone that I would, um, would, you know, follow, but it doesn't mean like what Andy just said was, you know, it was, you know, it's a, it's, it's not a, it's a fine, you know, fine but it doesn't day. have merit. Uh, not to me personally, <laughs> yeah. because of my interest in bhakti, but, uh, I've never, you know, I've never gone up to Andy and say, you're talking to that. You're reading. What are you, what are you nuts? Right. <laughs> Right. So
1: yeah. am I incorrect in, in thinking that bhakti is kind of synonymous with Krishna consciousness specifically, but not necessarily other forms of Hinduism? I mean, I know it it, it exists with other forms of Hinduism, but it's not necessarily the, the primary focus. Isn't that correct?
0: Right. Because, the, you know, we uh, and this will come up in a few minutes um, again, but um, there's basically in, in, in. You use the word Hinduism. There's, uh, basically four paths. You could say it's three, but we sometimes add a fourth, uh, karma or, mm-hmm. um, you know, performing different activities in general, uh, um, sometimes for material gain or sometimes as a path towards Krishna. And then Gyan, which is, which tends to be impersonal. And then Bhakti, which is the path mm-hmm. of devotion. Okay. And and in Krishna consciousness or in ISKCON or we we try to follow Rupa Goswami's teachings where he says that uh, uh, that pure bhakti is devoid of uh, approaches of karma and gan. Right. So um, the idea being that you know we know a lot of people, uh, a lot of a lot of religions doesn't matter what religion you you name, they usually have some kind of uh, mixture of these three. Karma being, you know, let's generally approaching God, but wanting something in exchange, you know, mm-hmm. the old um, Janice Joplin song, "Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz?" All that. <laughs> uh, that was her mimicking, you know, uh, kind of making fun of that. And then a gani is a person who, um, who you know, tries to under- tries to understand. You know, I must be the soul inside the body. I'm not this body, and um, and approaches uh the absolute in um in an impersonal way hmm. and there's two kinds of Ghanis. there's or impersonal there's one that is knows krishna is god and is eternal but somehow is more attracted to the impersonal. that's fine and then there's the maya body who who ultimately rejects krishna and and says that you know he's maya he's illusion and that only brahman is real the impersonal all-pervading energy and so it's it's very insulting to Krishna because it's basically saying he's he's deaf, he's dumb, he's blind, you know, he's without spiritual senses.
1: Wow, I didn't and, realize it was that blunt. Well, eyes.
0: it 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 it's not usually. It, I'm I'm stripping away the niceties.
1: <laughs>
0: uh yeah, it's not. Um and then there's the bhakti which is the path of of devotion of of devotional service. And that actually connects one, our understanding, directly with the supreme personality of God in a personal relationship uh, where one doesn't approach God either, doesn't think he's impersonal and doesn't approach God ultimately for material things. Now, people can approach Krishna for material things. They do it all the time. But pure bhakti is devoid of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the effort. Uh, that's what Prabhupada came to teach, pure bhakti, which is rare, you know, to actually have only desire in your heart to please God, to please mm-hmm. Krishna, and to serve him. That, yeah. Andy, was that fair, what I just said?
5: Yeah. No, Prabhuji, you are right, Prabhuji. It's yeah. really very difficult to mind concentration to Krishna and devotion making one alignment, Prabhuji. It's so not easy. easy. Not easy. Mental contamination is giving to the separation of mind to go in here and there like family matters, job, so many things involved. So it's very hard to make a, a decision to mm-hmm. concentrate to Lord Krishna devotion to making you know, one alignment at a certain time. You forget in all time, in a certain time for your division. division. Yeah, very hard. And, so some you, go ahead. And the, uh, only one minute, yeah, Prabhuji. No, please, other, please continue. Yeah, the other uh, Prabhuji mentioned the other YouTube or the other yogi to follow up. There's some are fake Prabhuji. When I was in Canada, I come mm-hmm. as a graduate engineer, right? So I have on I can observe the, what the people are doing. Someone monk went from New Jersey to in Canada and he took me in my car to go in a far away. And under the tree, he was doing devotion. He was doing chanting. I follow up his devotion. I, totally, it wasn't fake prophecy And he uh-huh. sure. tried recording it and I put in the YouTube, somebody follow up certainly certain period he can be uh, his devotion may be or illusion may be in attraction but in, in uh, normally if we think that's a totally is uh, fake so Both. concentration mind uh, determination to lost krishna in uh, lotus feet to keep his mind is very hard
0: yeah. and <laughs> there's different instructions in the shastra about um about the mind uh, or um Prabhupada once said that one thing you can do is neglect the mind. And he gave the example. If you have a, a guest at your house and you want them to leave, you you don't feed them. <laughs> They'll definitely leave very very quickly. <laughs> so so he said similarly with the mind, uh you, you can neglect it. Another time his guru said that in the morning when you wake up, you beat the mind with shoes, and in the morning and in the evening when you take rest, you beat it with a broom. <laughs> um, And of course, the main one is to uh, Savaymana Krishna Vindayo to fix the mind on the lotus feet of Krishna. Yes, uh, Jeeva or Ananda Rupa? Hare
2: Krishna Guru. So yes, we can neglect the mind, but we should never neglect the anarthas. Just wanted to share this. We actually did an experiment during the time of pandemic. Anarthas represent like the weeds, right? And they take away the nutrition from the Bhakti Lata. Mm-hmm. So we said in our garden, we are not gonna stop the waste just to see what happens. And That's they awesome. yes, <laughs> yeah, they covered the whole wall all the way to the roof, around the windows, took away the nutrition from our main trees, and we saw this is exactly what happens. You know, they're taking away the nutrition and they make things look green, but really ghostly. They really make it look bad. So we shouldn't we can neglect the mind. But by focusing on removing the anarthas, so we have to constantly be introspective.
0: Right. Just Very wonderful. good. Very good. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So let us uh, carry on. Uh, we are going, oh, we're going up to the next verse. Uh, Talat Maharaj prayed. So this is the beginning of his wonderful prayers. How is it possible for me, who have been born in family of Asuras, to offer suitable prayers to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Even until now, all the demigods, headed by Lord Brahma, and all the saintly persons could not satisfy the Lord by streams of excellent words, although such persons are very qualified, being in the mode of goodness. Then, what is to be said of me? I am not at all qualified. Prabhupada writes that a Vaishnava who is fully qualified to serve the Lord still thinks himself extremely low, offering prayers to the Lord. So that's an important thing. It's not. It's not. There's a difference between. Humility and low self-esteem. Um, and the connection here in that sentence is that a devotee may think themselves low. Why? Because in comparison to Krishna, and therefore it gives them the ability to pray more, um, purely. And then, uh, the quote from the Chaitanya Charitamrita, thus he considered himself, the author of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, unqualified, lower than the worms in stool and more sinful than Jagai a pure Vaishnava actually thinks of himself in this way. Similarly, although Prahlad Maharaj was a pure, exalted Vaishnava, he thought himself most unqualified to offer prayers to the Supreme Lord. <mahajana yena kata sapanta> Every pure Vaishnava should think like this. One should not be falsely proud of his Vaishnava qualifications. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has therefore instructed us, api taror api kirtaniya one should chant the holy name of the Lord in a humble state of mind, thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street. One should be more tolerant than a tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige, and should be ready to offer all respects to others. In such a state of mind, one can chant the holy name of the Lord constantly. Um, less one is meek and humble, to make progress in spiritual life is very difficult. So this this connects with the, the topic about the mind, because I, I I assume... For everyone on the call, the mind, our minds do not naturally flow towards humility. Is that a fair statement for most of us? (laughs) In other words, without the, you know, the instructions and without some of us may, uh, have some humility by nature, but that humility in connection with Supreme Lord Krishna is what we're actually seeking after, not just the kind of person who just says, Oh, I'm not, I'm not so great. You know, I'm not so great. Um, <laughs> I saw just just for a minute. Uh, um, what was it? There's a famous basketball player. His name was uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Anyone ever heard of him? And uh, he was saying that uh, I can't even pronounce him. But the, this this person from Greece who just won the championship,
1: Giannis Antetokounmpo.
0: Thank you. He was saying how he's so much better than me. He was so you know in my even in my prime. This guy is much better than me. And so, you know, it does sound kind of humble <laughs> that, that, that Shaquille O'Neal was saying that. Uh, and sure, that's nice. It's not obviously in connection with, um, with, uh, with Krishna, at least that statement. Um, but the reality is that a, a, uh, a great devotee first understands just how great krishna is and in relation to krishna and then also understands how great krishna's devotees are because that's because they're dear to krishna and therefore wants to be in a mood of service mood of seva towards krishna and towards krishna's devotees and it's that mood of service that um is a sign of of true humility um yeah of course muhammad ali used to go around saying i am the greatest." Right. <laughs> All of you are, except for Andy, are too young maybe to remember that.
1: <laughs> I know there was a, a part of him as he uh, entered the final years of his life that contemplated if the state that he was uh, was in was kind of a result of the of the amount of trash he had talked, almost like a like a cosmic um,
0: uh-huh.
1: penance he was paying, that he could barely mm-hmm. you know talk at the end or whatever.
0: Well, he was always very nice to Krishna devotees. Always. He would, uh, he would run, in. of course, in the seventies, he would run into them in the airport all the time. And he would just say, here, you know, I got all your books. Here's $20, you know. Mm-hmm. And then my friend, Bindu Madhava Prabhu once uh, was, ta- was at one point in time, a taxi driver in New York. And he, um, he picked up Muhammad Ali and my Bindu just started preaching to him about Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, at the end of the taxi drive, Mohammed wrote on a um, on a napkin, you know, "So nice to meet you. Thank you for the." Uh, uh, I think the the discussion, and signed it and gave it to him. And of course, he he still has that napkin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. He's
1: yeah, an interesting guy. I, I yeah. like him.
0: <sighs> okay, but humility is so humility means you know, um, we are whatever also rusham nishu that whatever ability i do have it's coming from krishna krishna says rusham nishu which means i am the ability in man so we just take that ability and whatever it is and we use that in krishna's service a great example of that is arjuna one of the greatest warriors ever um, but then towards the end of his life when um, he was protecting some women and he couldn't, de- you know, usually he could defeat all the greatest warriors ever in the world. And some village men were able to defeat him at the end of his life. And it's explained, Prabhupada explains that his ability to fight was not a necessary requirement for going back to Godhead. And so Krishna gave him some, you know, humility uh, at, at, at that time. To realize that the only the only real treasure he has is his devotion to Krishna. Any other thoughts? Okay, then we can continue. That was eight. We're going up to ten. Pilad Maharaj continued. One may possess wealth, an aristocratic family, beauty, austerity, education, sensory expertise, luster, influence physical strength, diligence, intelligence, and mystic yogic power. But I think that even by all these qualifications, one cannot satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. However, one can satisfy the Lord simply by devotional service. Kajendra did this, and thus the Lord was satisfied with him. Hmm. Nice. So then the next verse, if a Brahmana has all 12 of the brahminical qualifications, But is not a devotee and is averse to the lotus feet of the Lord. He is certainly lower than a devotee who is a dog eater, but has, but who has dedicated everything, mind, words, activities, wealth, and life to the Supreme Lord. Of course, he's not eating dogs anymore. Such a devotee is better than such a Brahmana because the devotee can purify his whole family. Whereas the so-called Brahmana in position of false prestige cannot purify even himself. Prabhupada writes, here is a statement. By Paladmaraj, one of the twelve authorities, regarding the distinction between a devotee and a brahmana expert in karma kanda or Vedic ritualistic ceremonies. Um, and then a little further, Prabhupada talks about this uh point. The European, well, I guess I'll read, I'll read more. Um he, he quotes the uh Hari Bhakti Sudodaya. If one is born in a high family like a Brahmana, Chatriya Vaisha. But as not a devotee of the Lord, all his good qualifications as a Brahman, Chatriya Vaishya are null and void. Indeed, they are considered decorations of a dead body. In this verse, Balad Maharaj speaks of the Vipras, the learned Brahmanas. The learned Brahmana is considered best among the divisions of Brahmana, Chatriya Vaishya, and Sudra. But a devotee born into a low Chandala family is better than such Brahmins. Not to speak of the Chacharyas, vaishas and others. A devotee is better than anyone, for he is in the transcendental position on the Brahman platform. And then at the end, Prabhupada gives, you know, he says, the European and American devotees in the Krishna consciousness movement are sometimes accepted as Brahmanas, but the so-called caste Brahmanas are very much envious of them. In answer to such envy, Maharaj says, that one who has been born in a Brahman family, but is falsely proud of his prestigious position, cannot even purify himself, what to speak of his family. Whereas if a Chandala, a low-born person, is a devotee, and has fully surrendered on the the lotus feet of the Lord, he can purify his entire family. (laughs) We have actual experience of how the Americans and Europeans, because of their full Krishna consciousness, have purified their whole families, so much so that a mother of a devotee at the time of her death inquired about Krishna with her last breath. Therefore, it is theoretically true and has been practically proven that a devotee can give the best service to his family, his community, his society, and his nation. So, if you may recall, some of us were studying the Nectar of Devotion many years ago as part of the Bhakti Shastri. And if you get a chance to look at the um, fifth chapter of the Nectar of Devotion. And remember, this book, Nectar of Devotion, is exclusively about pure devotional service. right? And so what it does, it it mentions there uh, three things in that chapter five. That are generally considered uh, prerequisites for other kinds of spiritual practices like the karma and the gan that we were talking about before. Um, and these three are, so generally for the other three, the other categories of spiritual practices, one, it really helps to have a, uh, um, a high birth to be very pure, um, or to uh, practice Varnashram uh, the the four divisions of human, of varnas um, and ashrams of statuses of life and occupation. Um, but Rupa Goswami says no; these three are not uh, required for taking up bhakti. And he goes into detail after detail, quoting verses from scriptures um, that 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 reinforce this. So birth. Uh, we're kind of hearing about that here. And mm, Prabhupada talks in another, in, in the Nectar uh, devotion about, um, about, uh, his Guru Maharaj who, uh, defeated the, um, casco swamis who were saying that, um, only being born into a Brahmin family can you take up bhakti. And Śrīla Bhakti Sarat said, so that's crazy. <laughs> that's not at all the uh, actual Shastric scriptural reference. Um, but actually anyone, so it's not birth, it's not based on birth. Um, let's see, here's a quote. Devotional service has no material cause and therefore cannot be checked by any material circumstance. It is open for all without distinction, as it is the constitutional occupation of the living entities. <clears throat> So then the next thing somebody might say, well, yes, you need to be really pure before you can take up bhakti. And uh, it may be a re- prerequisite in some other forms of self-realization, but purity is not a factor in determining one's eligibility to take up devotional service. Um, when we don't need to become purified before taking up. We should, of course, become purified by the practice of, of bhakti. Um, and then he quotes the 11th canto uh, Rupa Goswami does to say that the only qualification for taking up bhakti is to follow the teachings of the acharyas, the great teachers, the great spiritual masters. And then varnashrama, one may say, well, one has to practice varnashrama very carefully. Uh, but then Rupa Goswami quotes the first canto that says, even if one does not execute his specific occupational duty, but immediately takes Direct shelter of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. There will be no fault on his part, and in all circumstances, his position is secure. Um, another place he quotes: My dear Uddhava, any person who takes shelter of me in complete surrender and follows my instructions, giving up all occupational duties is to be considered the first class man. So the 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 essence of this chapter, the fifth chapter of Nectar Devotion is, is kind of inspiring that bhakti is totally independent and self-sufficient. No material impediment can ultimately stop one from the path of coming closer to Krishna. So Baladmaraj is saying the same thing here because he's thinking, he's not thinking I'm a great devotee, look at me. Um, he's thinking I was born in this terrible family, right? And uh, you know that's in in america that that's that's less of a factor than in cultures like that in india in in you know but still even in america you know if your daughter or son is getting married you want to know a little bit about that family generally right you know you say oh he comes from a good she or she comes from a good family you know um and if uh if uh, one parent is in jail for drug traffic you know uh, you know uh Drug selling and the other one, human trafficking. That's those are the two parents of the. You know, you're you're, you're you may still say, well, this person's nice, but you're like, hmm. <laughs> oh, you, you know, you go to your son or daughter, and say, are you sure about this? You know. So um, these things are not nothing, but the point is they're not prerequisites for bhakti. The only prerequisite really is to associate with devotees, and in that association, learn to chant and hear about Krishna. Um, And that's what Pallad Maharaj is saying here, that even though I'm so, you know, you're so kind, my dear Lord, even though I come from this family, you've allowed me to be your devotee. And of course, we know there's a whole backstory to Pallad being born in that family and and becoming a great devotee. But So some questions, comments, thoughts on this point? I mean there may be I don't know but there may be two devotees here who were born as Brahman, three devotees here on the call may be born as Brahmanas. Um and maybe not. Um even our Srila Prabhupada was not born in a Brahmin family. Right. So um so it's not it's not the requirement, obviously. Says, and Krishna says in the Gita that it's uh guna karma, not Janma karma. Janma means birth. You don't classify a person in Varnashram according to um, um, their birth, but according to their guna karma, their qualities, and what they, the nature of what they like to do. So, anything on this? I thought I heard something, but maybe not. Oh, I was
1: just going to say these days, um, Brahmanism uh, or being a Brahmin is more kind of socio-economic, right? Than yeah. Yes. Way back in the day when it was, uh, you know, Totally spiritual or relevant. It, uh,
0: it's yeah. a good point. It is often. It's a. It's. It's often like that. Yeah. Um. But it's yeah. The the. In other words, people criticize India for the caste system, and that is a fair criticism. The the cha- The tricky thing is that the original system, which isn't the, uh, bastardized. <laughs> Uh, system of today was actually a great system. That's the problem.
1: But, I found so that that, very, that very portion of it uh, is very fascinating, and how similar it is to um, some of the stuff you read in Plato's Republic. Which, don't get me wrong, as a whole is totally different than you know anything you'll any of the texts will read. But that part about the separation of classes and things like that. It's a Literally. lot of parallels, shocking parallels, honestly. Uh,
0: and even, even, even a little more modern. Have you or have any of you seen uh, um, "Fiddler on the Roof"?
1: Uh, I don't think I have, actually.
0: Oh, you should see it. <laughs> I mean, you should chant Hare Krishna. But anyway, it's uh, it's uh, the the opening song. It's a it's a it's a musical, and it's on YouTube for free. You know, it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's about tradition. The, the song is called "Tradition, Tradition, Tradition." Um, but anyway, it takes place in a um, village in Russia at the turn of the last century, 1900s, in a, in a Jewish community, and it's 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 Barnashram pretty much. I mean, not fully because they have butchers and things like that, but you know, there was all this thing that you know the, the boys go off to yeshiva and study in school and, and the women do this and the, and, and the, yeah, the, you know, the, 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 the baker was, is the son of a baker. And, you know, it, it was very, very, uh, there's so many, you know, obviously not the same, but you could see how society was kind of like that uh, not too long ago. And now of course, in, in, uh, in most um, cities and things like that, it's, it's, it's very different. Although you could say, that, uh, there's still basically people who are kind of do intellectual work, people who do management work, people who are in the field of money making and farming and blue, what we would call blue collar workers. Right. Um, and in the original system, they were, they were all important and they are still all important. I imagine, I mean, I, I, of course, now with COVID, I don't, you, this example doesn't work so well, but you know, I, I um, I work in an office building, a huge building in downtown DC. It's a government facility. Um, and could you imagine if we didn't have the people taking out the garbage and cleaning it and, and all that, what the place would be like in just probably two weeks? It would be a total pigsty and no, no one could inhabit it. They're super important, right? You know, so I walk in with my chat and my tie on and turn on my computer. Um, but I'm not any you know I, and I may be doing more i don't know whatever you want to call it intellectual work, but maybe the work I'm doing is important, but the way that they're doing is also super important <laughs> yeah, so um these things are there yeah and and so you know the the uh varnasham you know, if you want to put it in sociological terms, it's the stratification of society. Um, as opposed to you know the a total egalitarian so the the, the tricky thing in 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 Vedic system in Bhagavad Gita is that both are there there's the oneness on the spiritual platform of all living entities and everyone's brother and sister because everyone's uh you know related to God and and therefore no one's better than anyone else on the spiritual platform and in this life, you may be, you know, some big person. In your next life, you could be, you know, whatever. <laughs> right? Um, and then on the material platform, they, 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 the Gita recognizes differences. but doesn't say one is better than the other. Does that make sense? Questions, comments? Okay. Then let us continue. This uh, this is text 11. The Supreme Lord, the personality of God, it is always satisfied in himself. Therefore, when something is offered to him, the offering by the Lord's mercy is for the benefit of the devotee. For the devotee does not need service from anyone, for the Lord does not need service from anyone. To give an example, if one's face is decorated, the reflection of one's face in a mirror is also seen to be decorated. So this is... This is an interesting point here because, like, for example, some of you know our wonderful Chaitanya Thai Prabhu in uh, Washington, D.C. Temple. And he is the main fundraiser, right, for the temple. And, you know, a lot of uh, the kindness of the devotees who he approaches is, you know, keeps the temple uh, afloat financially. Um, And at the same time, this point is you know when someone gives a donation to ISKCON, we're very grateful very thankful um, and this verse is saying you know but you're not doing krishna any big favor here <laughs> so it's a subtle thing as a fundraiser too you know we're asking people to help and to and, and uh, to help them understand that they're actually benefiting themselves more than even the you know it's not like out of the kindness of my heart it's because of me the temple's being maintained Actually, the real kindness that Chaitanya Nittai is approaching you to give you an opportunity to serve. Now, not everybody is on that level of consciousness, right? But it is uh, an interesting point that whatever service we can do, Krishna doesn't need that. We're the ones who are primarily benefit. We're the ones who benefit. Um, and in the purport, Sheila Prabhupada writes, the Lord is always glorious, whether the devotee glorifies him or not. <laughs> But if the devotee engages in glorifying the Lord, the devotee himself automatically becomes glorious. By glorifying the Lord constantly, the living entity becomes purified in the core of his heart, and thus he can understand that he does not belong to the material world, but is a spirit soul which, whose actual activity is to advance in Krishna consciousness so that he may become free from material clutches. Thus the blazing fire of material existence is immediately ex- extinguished. And at the end, last sentence, um, in conclusion, the more we engage in Krishna consciousness and render service unto the Lord, the more we benefit. Krishna does not need service from any of us. So, you know, this is one side of the equation. At the same time, Krishna loves when a devotee offers him devotion. And he reciprocates with that. But, you know, the, the Shastra or a good teacher will emphasize different things at different times. So this is emphasizing one point that basically is saying, don't think you're doing Krishna any big favor. We're the ones who get benefited. He's still going to dance the rasa dance and herd the cows and be with Srimati Radharani, whether we serve him or not, but we can enter into those pastimes and, and serve him. So that's just, um, it kind of goes along with that verse that we just read about humility that we're, we feel so fortunate to be able to render some service to Krishna instead of thinking, yeah, my, Krishna must be really pleased with me. You know, look what I've done. I did so much service, this, you know, this week. Some thoughts on this point. It's a, it's a, it's a, I like this point. It's an interesting one. So Krishna still reciprocates with us when we serve him. He says that in the 11th verse of the fourth chapter, as they surrender unto me, I, uh, I reward them accordingly. So, Krishna loves the relationship that he has with his devotees, but from the devotee's point of view, the devotee is just so grateful that he or she gets to render some service to the Lord. And that ties in very much with the whole mood of humility that we heard about. Anything? Okay. Well, then we are going to the next verse, which is 14. Oh, well, first we'll read the uh, text 12. Therefore, although I was born in a demoniac family, I may without a doubt offer prayer to the Lord with full endeavor, as far as my intelligence allows. Anyone who has been forced by ignorance to enter the material world may be purified of material life if he offers prayers to the Lord and hears the Lord's glories. O oh, my Lord, all the demigods headed by Lord Verma are sincere servants of your Lordship, who is situated in a transcendental position. Therefore, they are not like us, Glad and his father, the demon Hiranyakashivu. Your appearance in this fearsome form is your pastime, for your own pleasure. Such an incarnation is always meant for the protection and improvement of the universe. My dear Lord, my Lord Mishingade, please, therefore, cease your anger now that my father, the great demon Hiranyakashibu, has been killed. Since even saintly persons take pleasure in the killing of a scorpion or a snake, all the worlds have achieved great satisfaction because of the death of this demon. Now they are confident of their happiness. And they will always remember your auspicious incarnation of Nishingadev in order to be freed from fear. So this, this uh, verse has a particular interest to the devotees of Iskan Because one time Prabhupada was at a uh, temple and his Guru Maharaj was there. And there was a, a, a very very poisonous snake. I think it was a cobra. And Srila Bhakti Sananta Sarasati Prabhupada's guru was sitting on the, on the veranda. And he saw that and he said, kill it. And Prabhupada was not familiar yet with this verse. And he was, he always had this little doubt. Why a saintly person is saying, kill, kill something? You know, I thought we were supposed to practice ahimsa. And you know, he had some small doubt in his mind. And then he read this verse, and he was very satisfied. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Yeah, this, was, you know,
1: uh, this was in India. I assume,
0: yes. When he was yeah. still in India. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I've seen, I don't know how many of you have seen, um, we once had, uh, near where we lived, this very big cobra. I think he would have been, well, minimum six feet long, but maybe longer. I mean, very beautiful in one sense. Jet black, jet black, you know? Um, but really scary. Really scary, you know, because they go up very high, the cobras, and that means they can they can lash out very quickly, almost like
1: like that. Are they sort of aggressive, or do they pretty much keep to themselves? Um, they, uh, uh,
0: maybe there's devotees the here from India who know more about it. But I've only seen the, the one. Um, if if you agitate them, oh yeah, you know, I know a lot of snakes. You know, they say. They're more scared than we are. So if you just don't, you know, um, step on them or something,
1: mm.
0: you know, they, they'll run away. I don't know if that's true of cobras. Um, but they definitely have that, you know, cause they, they can be very long, right? That they, they have this ability and then they can just very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, uh, scorpions generally as again, uh, I don't think they kill you generally, but you know, they can. Jiva or Anandarupa, you're your hand up.
2: Hare Krishna Prabhu, so I used to live when my schooling was at Photo uh, Golia, Cynthia School and that place was crawling with cobras and snakes all over the place. Achha. Yes and uh, one of the things that we learned as children is it's not the matured ones that we have to be afraid of, it's the children, the smaller ones that are more scary because if you step by mistake on a snake, it won't immediately bite. You know, it will now, oh, you're a kid. You know, it may sometimes let you live and you know, just go its own way. But a child cobra and yeah, the young cobras, the moment you come even close, they will just push all the venom into you when they bite. The really? mature ones, Yeah, the mature ones, even biting, they're doing different gradation. You know, little offense, little bite. But <laughs> yeah, but the young ones they will just launch everything, they will empty their poison bags on you, so Gosh. something you learn as children around them,
0: wow, yeah, it's one of those things that you don't yeah you don't you, you have to talk to someone who's had that experience, you don't learn about it in a textbook, <laughs> right, and so they're considered very envious snakes by generally by nature um and uh so anyway, probably just he he was greatly relieved or, or i don't I, can, I don't want to put words in his mouth he um he found it very faith building you could say or, or well i again that might be the wrong word i don't want I'll to in, pre- I, yeah i don't want to predicate his mind but anyway he 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 heard he read this verse and remembered that yeah um so it kind of goes back to you know the first thing we were talking about this today was you know having you know uh everybody celebrating lord day of killing uh narendi kashipu um and it's um and the pleasure of course you know for example in in the uh, scorpion the snake that i saw actually it was in a he we had this long stick it was like a big bamboo rod it must have been 20 feet long and he was pushing the snake along like a shuffleboard uh you know like in shuffleboard you know pushing it um and I don't know, I, I don't know if they actually killed him or just got him out of the property where we were staying. Um, but it was you know, it, it, they actually I actually it was almost like they have some real Shakti, you know, because it was like it was like this fear that that everyone kind of, you know, just by seeing this snake, Yeah, pretty amazing. Balapad writes, the most important point in this verse is that although Saintly persons never desire the killing of any living entity. So that's the general rule. They take pleasure in the killing of envious living entities like snakes and scorpions. Iranyakashi was killed because he was worse than a snake or a scorpion. And therefore everyone was happy. Now there was no need for the Lord to be angry. The devotees can also remember the form of Nishingadev when they are in danger. And therefore the appearance of Nishingadev is not at all inauspicious. The Lord's appearance is always worshipable and auspicious for all sane persons and devotees. So that's the the basic general principles in the first half of the first sentence. The most important point in this verse is that although saintly persons never desire the killing of any living entity, that's our general uh, nonviolence, ahimsa, compassion, etc. Anything else on this? Okay, let's see if we can get up to the last verse we said we would read today, 18. So, 15. My Lord, who are never conquered by anyone, I am certainly not afraid of your ferocious mouth and tongue, your eyes bright like the sun, or your frowning eyebrows. I do not fear your sharp, pinching teeth, your garland of intestines, your maim soaked with blood, or your high, wet, wedged-like ears. Nor do I fear your tumultuous roaring, which makes elephants flee to the distance. Or your nails, which are meant to kill the enemies. O oh, most powerful, insurmountable, insurmountable Lord. What, who are, who are, who are kind to the fallen souls? I have been put into the association of demons as a result of my activities, and therefore I am very much afraid of my condition of life within this material world. When will that moment come when you will call me to the shelter of your lotus feet, which are the ultimate goal of liberation for the conditions of life? 17. Oh, great one, oh, supreme Lord, because of contact with displeasing circumstances and separating from pleasing circumstances, one is placed in a most regrettable position on heavenly or hellish planets, as if burning in a fire of lamentation. Although there are many remedies by which to get out of miserable life, any such remedies in the material world are more miserable than the miseries themselves. Therefore, I think that the only remedy is to engage in your service. Kindly instruct me in your service. I like that that line. That although there are many remedies to get out of miserable life, any such remedies in the material world are more miserable than the miseries themselves. And then finally, 18, O oh my Lord Nishingadev, by engaging in your transcendental loving service in the association of devotees who are liberated souls, hungsa, I shall become uncontaminated by the association of three modes of material nature and able to chant the glories of your lordship who are so kind to me and so dear to me. I shall chant your glories, following exactly in the footsteps of Lord Brahma and his disciplic succession. In this way, I shall undoubtedly be able to cross the ocean of nescience. So, um, this is an important purport, so let's not try to squeeze it in in two minutes. So, uh, that's to, that's this week. I'll send out the homework for next week. I don't think we'll finish this chapter... Um, next week. Like I said, it's quite a powerful chapter with a lot of important purports. We'll probably, it may take three weeks to do this chapter. But we're we're inching along. It wasn't too long ago that we just started the seventh canto. We're already on the ninth chapter. So thank you very much for your association. Hare okay. Krishna. Hare
1: Krishna. Appreciate it. Hare
0: Krishna. Prabhupada.